is here. All right, okay. we'll, we'll start the show officially. Welcome everybody okay. to episode 35 of Sex Wars. We have a very special guest, a very illustrious man. He's a formerly Twitch partnered streamer. Uh, you guys probably know him through his old relationship with Hassan Piker. He's also alt-right adjacent. Uh, give it up, everybody, for Destiny. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. That was uh, quite the introduction. Yeah. Thanks. And, uh, of course, we're joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Annika, who is in the frozen hellscape known as Texas. How are you doing, Annika? I'm doing great. Doing amazing. Yeah. Are, you, liked... on, are you on diesel generator? No, not, right no. I live in a private community. So we don't, we're not, I'm not on the same grid as all the people that lost power. So. Privileged. Must be nice. I chose to move. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, if I still lived in the place I lived in six months ago, I, I would have been without power for over 30 hours. So. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, uh, I'll just show the, the image here that I have on screen right now to the people. This was from a guy tweeting from Dallas, Texas. And, uh, what we're looking at here is it appears to be the hallway of an apartment complex and there's icicles coming down from a, a, a ceiling fan. You know, it looks like maybe a pice burped or something like that, but that's hella cold. If, you, if the inside of your building is that cold that the water is freezing, that is not comfortable situation. It is cold. Uh, <laughs> I have a... I, I'm just saying, I haven't seen snow um, outside of when I was in the UK or Colorado in years. And um, yeah, we had uh, plenty of snow. We actually took some pictures with her new puppy. She's Siberian Husky, half Siberian Husky. So it's it's in her blood. So she's been running around in the snow. Nice. So. All right, well, let's get into things here. Uh, Two really quick announcements. Uh, first of all, we're on podcast format now, finally, after 34 episodes. So we're on, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, iTunes, all everything. We're everywhere that you can get your audio podcast. So if you want to check us out that way, you can do that finally. And uh, I also wanted to say, and this is mostly for your benefit, Destiny, we are streaming on a lot of platforms right now, including Facebook, and they're kind of touchy about language and stuff like that. If you could avoid saying the N-word, I know you really like to say that when you're when you're getting loose and casual with your friends, but they will ban us if you do it. So try to keep the gamer words to a minimum. And um, yeah, that's it. I'll do my best to behave, okay? Thanks, I appreciate that. You just uh, having a little snack there <laughs> right now? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, dinner time for me. <laughs> okay, that's no problem. That's all good. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. So uh, I wanted to ask you a few things. You know, usually on this show, we have a kind of a free flow format at the start, and then we'll get into some stories. I do have some stories to look at later, but there's a few things I wanted to ask you about Destiny. Oh, oh, I have one other announcement I forgot about, but this is for you, Destiny. Uh, you and I had a debate a long time ago about like advocating for political violence. And I had said that you should be deplatformed for inciting violence. And after that debate, somebody sent me like the actual legal rulings on this in the US and what 
what they show is that in order for you to be like considered inciting violence, there has to be a reasonable expectation that somebody would actually do the thing that you're and under that, you know, metric, I don't think that you were inciting violence. And I think that it's good to err on the side of free speech for stuff like that. So I'm doing something I basically never do, which is like um, backpedaling or, or retracting something I've previously said. Well, almost a first on this channel, but I did want to say that I no longer hold that view. However, I hope you can appreciate that there's a, I'm coming from a place of frustration because of the double standard between left wing and right wing. And then you yourself, like I said, you got a deep partner from Twitch because for basically saying the same thing, except this time you were talking about the Kenosha protesters instead of killing conservatives. So did you like that, that little taste of, of being a right winger on the internet? Um, I think I've been witch hunted from both sides more than probably any other person that I've talked to. So this isn't my first taste of being witch hunted from any particular side. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. That take on, on both forms of violence is so reductionist. Um, I'm just going to say, uh, I appreciate your reconsidering of your opinion, even if it took showing you like a legal statute to get you to change your mind on it. But thank you. Yeah, I no problem. No problem. So okay. let's talk about your open relationship now there, there's a lot of rumors that swirl around you and i never know what's true and what's false what's what's myth and what's reality but so this is my understanding you can correct me if i'm wrong here but you are engaged to be married to a younger swedish girl and you guys also though have a sort of open relationship where you'll sleep with other people basically um yeah that that would be the definition of an open relationship yeah well i i don't is it because there there's like polyamory and like some i guess some people would date other people and have like romantic relationships do you guys do you is that your situation do you get in, romantically involved with other people or is it just raw animal sex um, I would say that it is, uh, it leans more towards polyamory than open relationships, but I mean, every relationship is different. So I don't know. It would just depend on the particular person you're talking to. Well, I, I'm talking, I'm like asking for you. You're, well, you're like if somebody was, if I was talking to a hardcore polyamorous couple, I would probably describe what I do as being in an open relationship. But if I was to talk to a couple in an open relationship, I'd probably describe what I do as polyamory. Um, when I say that everyone is unique, like the, where they set the boundaries is different. So you want to ask me details about my relationship, I could tell you, but in terms of like, is it polyamory or open relationship? I mean, like those are just labels that like broadly encompass some traits of some relationships. I guess. I don't know how much more you want to dive into it or not. Well, do you have anything you want to add, Annika? Or ask I, I was not aware that this was the subject matter. So um, I, I tend to be, Destiny probably knows nothing about me. I tend to be, I err on the side of, I don't care what you do with your own body and your own home. Uh, like between two consenting adults. I mean, Wait, what clearly, about consenting adults? I'm sorry. Or, yeah. or sorry, sorry, between consenting adults. I, yeah. I don't care what people do with the whole polyamory, pansexual, whatever. What I don't like is when we try to normalize that in society and when we, when um, the media tries to push things as if that's what we should be doing. Um, so for me, it's about, I don't care what you do in your bedroom, but could you not like broadcast it and try to, and don't get kids involved. That's actually my biggest thing out of all I mean, of this think, is like, 
I'll broadcast yeah, just, it as much as any heterosexual monogamous relationship is broadcasted. I mean, there's like a ton of signaling and messaging on that. I, um, I don't like heterosexual. I, I'm not into just the gratuitous sex everywhere either. And I, I don't yeah, consider myself into the, Yeah, I understand. Okay. And I'm not into like the ultra boring monogamous stuff. But I think that like everybody has relationships that work for them. Um, there's like the pros and cons of literally every type of relationship. Um, I think that there are some people that function like really well in monogamous relationships and they're super happy with it. And if they want to do that, I think that's awesome. Um, and if people like to do open relationships or whatever, I think that's cool too. Um, I think it's a little bit weird when we say things like don't broadcast your non-monogamous relationship what? when like monogamous I mean, relationships are hardcore broadcasted constantly. Um, but okay. yeah, I mean, everybody should be free to do what they want. Yeah, but Destiny, monogamous, re monogamous relationships are good for society and social cohesion, whereas Perfect. all the like degenerate shit, all the deviant stuff, you're just spreading your kind of mind virus out to other people and, the, and, and infecting them with it. If we keep all of that stuff behind closed doors, we'll all be better off. There are so many things wrong with that it, statement. I'm not even really sure where to start, but. Um... I think it's more, okay, so maybe I kind of misspoke. Okay, so we, we had someone on here quite some time ago and I, I bothered a lot of the audience by uh, defending a guy who's into pretty hardcore BDSM stuff, like uh -huh. pretty hardcore. And, um, Again, I and he's he's more of a libertarian. He's an atheist. It was David Silverman, in case you're wondering. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it's about the now he was very private about it, but it became public because there were false accusations made against him. So his whole sex life got in, in court records public, yeah. and is now public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's that it's not that I like you coming on here and saying you're poly. I don't care about that. It's when. It's more when the media Mommy, tries to push this and tries to normalize it in such trail. a way because no devious behavior I'm okay kids. with. It's when, it, but it needs to stay deviant. Does that make sense? Right, so kind of. Um, I have a feeling that w me and you two are probably diametrically opposed on social values, but I'm going to try to reach across here and see if we can find some level okay. of agreement. Um, I'm not. I'm not alt right, and I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not saying anything about. Right. I don't know. I don't even care about. We haven't okay. gotten into Jewish people. Uh, I don't I care about that. I'm just in terms of like values and, and the values of ought to champion society. Um, I no get really uncomfortable when um, people try to make it sound like everybody should be in an open relationship or everybody should be or shame people for okay. being monogamous relationships. You and I can I, agree on that. Yeah, I totally agree on that, and I think that sometimes the messaging for those types of, if we call them alternative relationships, I think can get a little bit too pushy where people aren't respecting that. Well, maybe, you know, there's probably a reason why generally monogamous relationships have been, at least for the past hundred years, like pretty common, right? There's probably reasons for this. Um, so because I, the I, meaning of life is to continue on life and the procreation of the species. And that's well, tough to no. do when children are transgendering themselves at age three. And that's well, very that, difficult to do when children aren't being raised up in a healthy in with healthy parents, whether the parents are gay and same sex or regardless, it's more about just uh, fostering a community of people that can survive together. And prior to modern technology, we needed these things in place before DNA. Men needed to know that that child was theirs. Um. I, so the, I, this like very evolutionary perspective of humanity, I think, is a little bit dated. I don't think that we generally ascribe like meaning to our life by virtue of the function of our bodies. So like we can pre reproduce, therefore reproduction is the goal of our existence. Um, I think we've, I would say we've like cognitively moved past that, right? Where we have other types of aspirations and goals. Um, I don't know if we should necessarily be like 
telling everybody you have to make kids and that should be the goal of life. For some people, I think that's great if that's what you want to do. And there are a lot of people that get happiness out of that, which I think is totally cool. That's fine if you want to do that. Um, I'm a little bit uncomfortable taking the next step, though, where you're like, listen, your goal, you need to be reproducing. That should be your ultimate goal in life. If that was the case, we should like our society would need a radical reconstruction. Although I imagine both of you probably think that it does already. Well, why would it? Why Why would it what? Why would it need a radical uh, reconstruction in order for people to reproduce? Because we engage in so many things that aren't directly related to reproduction, like our pursuit of the arts, our pursuit of higher education, playing video games. Uh, there's like a million well, those, things that so we these do things that are not mutually exclusive though. I mean, I do basically all the things you just named and I uh-huh. have children. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying that like also, our primary, or sorry, go ahead. No, well, at least in the West, we, we are, you know, we have like medical technology, we have indoor plumbing. We have so many things that make our lives so easy. Um, mass production of food, vehicles, mm-hmm. everything, um, to a point where we just survival is pretty easy for the most part Too for people easy, in the western that's world. the problem yeah to the point where <laughs> obe- where one of our biggest issues with the homeless population is obesity and and diabetes now um and not just homeless but po- poverty poverty stricken people are, just have so much food and so much abundance that it's actually causing problems now health problems so anyway kind of the point i was getting at is i do believe scientifically that kind of the meaning of life is to continue on the species now you can bring in you know video games and all that because we want to enjoy our lives as well yeah but i, I just well like the pro so like here's my problem the problem is it feels to me like and i run into this problem a lot with like uh, um i don't know if tradcon is like an insult but like traditional conservative i I, I wouldn't consider myself no, TradCon. i don't consider it an insult i consider it based yeah in i don't consider it <laughs> okay. an insult, no, i guess like I my problem is that like that. it sounds like on one end um, I'm willing to extend respect to anybody that wants to be in a monogamous relationship. I think that's totally yeah. cool. If you want to do that? I think that's fine. And I, I appreciate I, that. Yeah. But I don't think I'm getting the same respect back when my lifestyle is described as deviant, asocial, socially destructive, anti-evolutionary. Like it feels to me like there is like a lot of pushback there. And if we were going to go that case, if you wanted to make a, like a strict appeal to evolution, um, I'm just going to go back to when we were in the wilderness and we absolutely weren't monogamous. We lived as tribes then. Yeah. Um, we lived way closer to like, um, I, I don't know if you say Hispanic families or Asian families, depending on where you go, that live like in large groups of people, not just one man, one woman, and then two children. Like that's a very abnormal formation of like the human unit, right? Right, okay, but we've Destiny, been living this way human, for like the last 2,000 years. Yeah. So it's kind Humans of- Humans do have a monogamous brain. Wait, wait, we have not been doing that for two years. We do have a monogamous been... brain. That doesn't mean we've always been monogamous in practice, but the human brain has been proven. Same as with the prairie bull. I actually attended a symposium in 2006 on this whole thing. I had to study it for six weeks. Human beings do have a monogamous brain. Um, it's just that we, that doesn't mean that we've never stepped out. And when I, just real quickly, I don't use the word deviant as a pejorative. I use it meaning deviates from the norm. That's kind of how I use the word. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I kind of okay. expect you to say that, but nobody in your audience is hearing it that way. And nobody else in the, I, yeah, outside of like I, the I, academic world is using it that way. Because okay. I have to be careful when somebody says like, if you call somebody abnormal, it's not necessarily an insult, but it kind yeah. of is, right? That's how everybody hears it. So when you yeah. say, like, oh, you live a deviant lifestyle, that is a very morally loaded I word. mean, I look, I look down on it, what you do. Yeah, I know you like... do, but I'm saying, I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured out. I know I hate you already. I don't know if I hate uh, the Anika person. That's what I'm trying to figure out, right? Yeah. That's um, funny just... you're dating a Swede and you just mispronounced a Swedish name. Uh, oh, wait, is it like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Anika? No. Is it with the weird E? Is it like Anika or An- Anika? No. I, can't, I can't do no. the Swedish E. How do you pronounce it? Anika. Anika, okay, there's, whatever. There's, there's Onika, and then okay. there's just Annika. A lot of people say Annika, so. 
Gotcha. No, it's just funny that you called me Anika. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know you were Swedish, but all right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that um, like, uh, fuck, I don't know where we want to go um, because philosophically, that to say that because our body has a particular function, we ought to maximize that function in society. That's like a huge jump in terms of like philosophy of of life. That there's a lot of investigation that we could do there, and I, I would push back on a lot of that. I uh, see I it bigger on. like society. I don't think all men and women should be parents. Actually, I think we should have far fewer parents. I think we should have fewer people procreating and they should have more children each. I think that society should work together similar to Some a commune, but not, com but I'm not com. No, I just, I don't think all parents should be forced or sorry. I don't think all adults should feel pressure to have children. I don't, I don't think that's for everyone. Um, I think that there's other roles in society that need to be filled. And again, like I said, commune, I'm not a communist, but I think that there's, uh, there's different roles and not all of those involve having children. So sure. Yeah. Don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I don't know how much of the program do you, you plan to, do you plan to have children and how do you feel about children being raised in uh, polyamorous relationships? Like uh, that? So, I mean, I already have one child. Um, okay. But my, me and the mother broke up a, a long, long time ago. Um, I don't know how a child would be raised like in a poly, like three people living at a home, raising a child. I'm not 100% sure how it would happen, but I know that there are like a variety of different family structures that exist. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with being uh, like, I have a lot of Cuban family that lives in Hialeah and that the communities that lived there seem to work very much as a village. So like all the kids would usually spend time at like a cousin's house or something like that. And that would kind of be like how children were more or less raised. Like you would have like uncles and aunts and everybody that would be involved in that. Um, I, I don't know if, how you would raise a kid like with three or four people. I don't, I don't know what it would look like. I, I imagine as long as the kid feels like they're loved and supported and they have good role models would be involved in that, probably be okay would be my guess. Uh, listen, Desi, I don't want to browbeat you about your relationship. I just have a couple things that I wanted to touch on this topic and then we can move on to the next thing. So mm -hmm. the first, uh, these actually both deal with this, um, this healthy gamer guy because you went on his show and your fiance, uh, I, I forget her name. I want to say Melania, but I don't think that's right. Uh, Melina or Melina. I can't pronounce her name. So the Swedish <laughs> Melina, girl, I mean, okay. it's, the, the E's are very weird in Swedish, but it's Melina is what I call her in English. So you and Melina both went on this guy's show separately. And when Melina was on the show, she broke down and started crying over her feelings of, I guess, jealousy or neglect. I don't, I'm not sure exactly. It's been a while since I watched it, but there was a lot of emotion there. How did, how did you feel when you watched that? I'm assuming you watched it. Um, I mean, I would have to go back and listen to the particular streams you're talking about, but like, I mean, we like, I think that this conversation took place during, um, there's a lot of dramatic stuff that goes on in our life. And we've been kind of like working back and forth on figuring out like the best path forward. Um, there are times when we're doing really well. It's so, like for the past like few months, we've been doing really well. There are times when we're very low. Um, so a few months ago we had like some insane, uh, drama with another group of people. And that was like a low, um, it just depends on where we catch up. But I mean, yeah, we've got problems. We work through them. Like, 
But isn't having an open relationship inviting drama into your life? If the, um, like just as much as a closed relationship where a woman might get upset that her husband looks at another girl or where somebody talks to somebody wrong and somebody's incredibly, a lot of monogamous people are incredibly jealous and overpossessive of their spouses to like an unhealthy degree. Like I would oh, argue yeah, that, I would argue that, uh, that there is a lot of monogamy that stems from an unhealthy obsession with having absolute control over your partner's sexual life, which I think can be abnormal. Not to say that it's always like that, but if you're going to attack like an open relationship, say like, oh, isn't that inviting trouble blah blah it's like well sure it could be of course but there's also a lot of upsides as well but the same thing with the monogamous relationship that can invite a lot of trouble too it really just depends on your perspective and it depends on what level of risk you're willing to take for what level of light gains you're willing to take yeah sorry i, I earlier i didn't mean to cut you off but i was going to say that um monogamous people do have those issues i wouldn't say all um just like not all not all polyamorous people does it stem from just a desire to have sex with everything. I, I understand, I've had people explain to me that there's actual emotions involved in a lot of these relationships, especially when it's not just open, it's polyamorous. To, to try to act yeah. like these things are like, there's problems on both styles to me is, is insane. It's, it's self-evident. I mean, it's hard enough to manage one bitch. You try to adding more bitches <laughs> I, I didn't into say the it. stable. <laughs> There's no way that doesn't make your life more difficult. I mean, if you want to go self-evident, the divorce rate for monogamous couples in the U.S. is 50%, so I automatically win the argument. I mean, like, if there's you really want to go lot. down that, I mean, like, there's it doesn't really work that way, right? How do you win? Are you trying to tell me that polyamorous relationships have a better success rate than monogamous ones? Uh, that... Maybe, but the bar isn't very high for monogamous ones, so it's not like you're... Okay, but like the, you're number, the number one cause of failed monogamous relationships, like marriage and such, is money. A lot of it is uh, just how they treat money and financial reasons. And I think, I don't know how high up, um, like sleeping around and um, no, it's, cheating. It's because we don't have values in our so society. I'm just looking this up real quick. So, and, wait, so real quick, because this sounded... Wait, real quick, because this sounded really wrong to me. So the most commonly reported major contributors to divorce were lack of commitment, infidelity, and conflict slash arguing. The most common final straw reasons were infidelity, domestic violence, and substance use. The idea that people break up because of money, I, I don't think that's very common. I believe that for final straws for a lot of people. But if you actually look up like the number one, like the top 10 reasons for divorce, number one is like the woman saying that the man wasn't present. And she, it's not it's not men going out and cheating uh, and shit like that or, or beating their wives it's like the the women feeling unsatisfied so so lack of valuing commitment lack of loyalty that's the reason divorce rates are so low and we should get rid of no-fault divorce and that would help fix the problem okay so you're saying that like there should be like a given reason for people to divorce it's not yeah, just enough if, that they if want they it. cheat on you or beat you or like maybe tell some major lies and stuff like that those would be good reasons to get divorced but uh i i mean to be honest I, i'm not i don't have a super strong like hard on for getting rid of no fault divorce because okay think that i is, just yeah. to refresh where we yeah i understand to refresh where we problems. came at from this so like Initially, it was presented as I wish people wouldn't shove like polyamorous or open relationships on my face, which I agree. Actually, I think that's really cringy sometimes. But on the flip side, I'm hearing a lot of prescriptive claims from you guys that everybody ought to be like, and I should say more for I hypocrite um, and not from you. Um, I, uh, I don't the, think everybody's the same. And I think I'm different cultures are different. like a motherfucker. OK, yeah, so I'm, trying, I'm trying not to mix you two up because I because you okay. two are taking very different uh, tones. Well, of he and I don't yeah. agree on everything. Right, I understand. Oh, he so and I'm I trying, could, yeah, mm -hmm. he and I could debate as well. He and okay, I don't sure, agree gotcha. on everything. OK. Gotcha. I'll, I'm, I'm trying very hard to keep you separate, so I don't, I don't let me mix you two. Yeah, that's fine. 
Okay. Well, so I don't know if you were if you were done your thought there because it sounded like you were going somewhere. But I do have some, the, my last thing that I wanted to ask about, which is um, when you went on that guy's show, the the psychiatrist. You talked about how you view relationships as transactional, and I don't know. I can't remember if this was brought up, but this is what I wanted to ask you: was like if you're, let's say, you marry Melina, mm-hmm. and then she gets sick she gets cancer and you have to like just look after her and and now the uh the give and take is like a lot more give on your side are you going to stay with her or are you going to bounce because now the transaction is no longer like profitable for you yeah so i stopped using the term transactional just because people like you seem to have a really hard under time like understanding it or you have a very one-dimensional view of like what transactional means like you're literally using and abusing somebody so you can't get anything else when i say something is transactional what i just mean is that like everything has a little bit of give and take if somebody's hanging out with me it's because i make them happy and then if i'm hanging out with them it's because they make me happy that when i say transaction i just mean that usually both sides are profiting in some way immaterial or materially from being with each other that's all i mean when i say that in terms of like if if my fiance if if, uh if melina got sick or something and i needed somebody to care of it yeah i think of course i would i'd expect her to do the same thing for me like i could be that as a type of transaction we both have expectations for how the other would act in a relationship now this goes to of course like a reasonable level right like if one person became mentally ill and became like super abusive i don't know if i would view the same necessity for commitment or if one person became so ill that they needed round the clock 24 7 treatment um i love melina i wouldn't expect her to sacrifice the rest of her life for me maybe in some capacity small capacity and then i wouldn't probably accept um i, I wouldn't want to sacrifice the rest sex. of my life yeah Okay, well, I mean, that's good to hear. That's a little more uh, reassuring that you're not a total monster. I sort of understood transactional when I first heard it. Um, I'm glad that you clarified that because I tend to use words as well, like I said earlier with the word deviant, where I I need to remember that people have a different definition. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that I I have a bad view of that word. I I was thinking of it as a give and take, but my assumption about destiny was more that if he has to take care of somebody and put in a lot of effort, he's not going to view himself as getting something out of that. But he clarified that. So it's all good. Well, and relationships are often lopsided. And that's where like the empathy centers in the brain come in. And that's where like having a close bond with somebody that it, at certain points you just take care of them because you love them yeah when you it's make that you're getting getting to marry them. somebody that's part of the the deal that you're signing yeah. on for basically all right so we're all on the same page there yeah. at least one i just remembered one last thing which was this little clip of yours i don't know how old this is but let's let's give this a little watch and then we can move on to the next topic here uh this is short play this it, feel, it feels like a lot of people that have sex don't even fucking like it. I did so fucking weird. Like, they don't have a preference for positions. They don't masturbate. They don't care if they come or not. They don't even know how to get themselves off. If you end up, like, finishing or finishing early, they won't finish themselves. They'll just walk off and do whatever. They, like, it is like an unbelievable world where, like, you meet these people. It's this. Uh, it's that Brilliard concept of like simulacra, I guess, where, where you're in this. You don't even know like what 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 is reality anymore. Like you meet these people that are like these. You, dude, you're so hot on Instagram. You post like all these tantalizing images. You have these crazy captions, and then in real life, like we fucked missionary for five minutes, and you're bored, and we're done. And it's like that's it. It's like what the fuck? I don't know, dude. All of the the whole world is crazy. Okay, there you go. That's it. The whole world is fucking crazy. If you, if you. So, 
little bit of a cell phone there, maybe. Wait, how is it a little bit of a cell phone? I think because you're the implication is that the women that you're or people, I don't, I don't know your preference. Oh, I, it's really, really, no, I understand. No, I understand. I don't really, really, really cringy to me when like other men try to like do this game because like anybody that knows my reputation knows how absolutely fucking stupid you look doing it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and brag about like my sexual exploits because I think that's no. equally as cringy as okay. somebody trying to attack me for them. But Destiny. I was going to say, if you want to take we, the that. no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not phrasing well, that to hold you. Hold uh, on, are you trying Hold are on, you I just want to make sure we're all clear on what's being no, so said I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what the conversation was cut from. So this conversation has to do with the idea that I've met a lot of people on Instagram or on YouTube yes. sell like highly sexualized images, but when you meet them in real life, they're not sexual at all. That's and that is, like, very That's strippers yeah, exactly, the same yeah. way, guys. But that, but because, but that, I wouldn't say that's people. I would say that's Instagram girls. Well, well I, have it, a, it might be I have regardless. my own theory yeah. on this if you want to hear okay. it. Okay. What, what if, um, Destiny, you're internet famous right celebrity of sorts an e-celeb at the very least very wealthy man a lot of uh, influence a lot of clout maybe these tens these models these victoria's secret models on instagram that you're sleeping with maybe it's not because they have like a raw animal attraction to you you know what i'm saying maybe they're trying to get something else out of the transaction okay I'm just going to respond to Anika because this is really a cringe line of argumentation. Um, so the, the reality is, and for anybody that works behind the scenes, they know this, right? Is that it seems like there's a huge industry that revolves around people that sell sex. And the impression that I would get is that like, wow, like you're heavily involved in like the sale and the advertising and everything with sex. But when you get to know these people behind the scenes, when you have conversations with them, when you know the types of lies they leave, you find out that like, wow, like this person like is not fucking anybody or this person like doesn't even masturbate or they don't actually, they don't actually have like that big of an investment in sex compared to what you would imagine. So like of all the people that I know behind the scenes, like the people that are having the most sex are not the people that you would expect. And when you look I into the agree. lives, yeah, when you look into like the dating and sex studies lives, have very proven hot what people, you just said. Yeah, they're actually- Studies have actually very... proven that conservatives have way more sex than these, than these trisexual, like these, these, uh, leftist women who are just uh, getting naked and painting their bodies and standing in the street and telling guys not to look at them or else they're a rapist. Like all those crazy women who use sex to shock people aren't the ones having sex. Conservatives are. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I think in, there, in the middle, I think studies, we, yeah. I mean, there's social studies. Mm -hmm. They're not yeah, like in the, I'll meet you in the middle there. I think that there are a lot of people that sell sex and they give a very different impression of what they actually are like behind closed doors. Um, if you think that's just because I'm a huge loser and nobody wants to talk about that, I mean, I guess I hypocrite. You're welcome to think that, but anybody that knows me knows that's not. No, that's so I want to clarify something because you acted as if I was like accusing you of, of pretending to get laid or something like I, I'm sure that these women are attractive and sleeping with you. I totally believe that. I'm not We're, even talking about them sleeping with me. I'm just like, you, you realize you can talk with somebody about their sex life and sexuality without having to fuck them, right? Like, these are some of these people aren't people that are fucked at all. It's just conversations or things that are well known. Well, I, it's it's weird to me to have detailed conversations with people about their sex life. So I, I mean, I when you're yeah, when you're a tradcon, that's not that surprising. So put yourself yeah. in somebody else's shoes, right? If I have conversations about sex with a lot so of people, so when you were saying that you have missionary sex for five minutes and then they walk away bored, you were talking about people's like third hand experience that you heard about. So there can be a combination of personal experience and third hand experience, right? Like that, you're clipping like a twenty second. Thing out of like a pretty long conversation about the way that people present sex on the internet and then my personal experiences and then things that I've heard about these people, right? 
Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, can't, I, I can't tell if you're trying to engage. I'm, I'm familiar just with really the trope. No, yeah, look, I know. Yeah, so yeah, LP, yeah but I have a good. He's trying to. He's trying to run with the implication that like either I suck at sex or girls are just fucking me for my money and they hate me. They're disgusted. I, like if that's the trope, you don't run. Again, like it's really cringy for me because this is like a very archetypical man thing is to try to use like sex as signaling your value, or whatever. Like red pill shit. I don't need to do that because if we were to play that game, like I, I think I'm already doing really well. So I'm not gonna sit here and like have that dick waving contest with you. If that's if that's your takeaway from it, then that's fine. Um, I mean, like plenty of people have that takeaway. Um, when they see like somebody like me that's like five eight and not shredded, and they think I'm a huge fucking cocker loser, um, they invent all sorts of things in their mind to like uh, cope with the fact that they themselves might not be as successful either sexually or financially as they'd like to be. And if that's your goal, that's what you want to do. I don't care. You can use me as whatever punching bag you want. At the end of the day, I'm I never thinking about you. And at the end of the clip, day, you're you know, like trying to find clips to, of me I just to like find to things ask to make me look better. Why you. you're huh? why you're saying that in the clip? Look, if it's not a cell phone, that's fine. Uh, what what about this alternate theory though too? Because you guys both uh -huh. both hung up on this idea that these uh, highly sexualized women are just these dead starfish or whatever. What if it's because women need more time to get comfortable with a man? You can't go bang a chick the first time and expect to have this mind blowing sex. What you get the good sex from is you know practicing with the same woman, getting her comfortable with you and bonded to you. So like there are there are elements of truth to that. You just have to be careful with how you go about it. So like I've had a decent amount of like one night stands. The best sex that I've ever had are with long term partners. Like every time. Um, I think it's really cool to have sexual experiences with new people because you can like open yourself up to things that you hadn't thought about or hadn't tried before. And because everybody's body and the way they do things is a little bit differently, so that's fun. But getting to know somebody's body and getting to learn that is like an experience in and of itself that can't really be replicated with like a one night stand or just a casual one off. So I kind of agree with you there, but not because women's brains are wired to only give the good sex to the bonded pair or whatever, but just because like learning somebody's body, it's like having, you know, like playing games with somebody, having a conversation with somebody, like the more that you do something, the more likely you are to learn and understand how each other works. Alrighty. There's <laughs> <laughs> not said, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I do think that men and women naturally in our natural state are more likely to want to bond um, and again, that goes to the, you know, the child rearing. I'm, I'm not like a hundred percent on that where I don't think that people can enjoy a one night stand. Cause I've heard plenty of, uh, you know, third hand stories about that as well. Uh -huh. um, I, I have zero interest in it. A lot of, a lot of my views, cause I'm, I'm not religious. I, I sort of libertarian in a lot of ways, um, non-aggression principle. And um, I'm, I'm big on like bodily autonomy and second amendment goes along with that for me. But um, for me, there's, there's zero interest in that. Like the, I, I think that like getting the idea of dating someone new and that mm -hmm. beginning, actually it, there's no interest in it. I don't get that high that a lot of people get at the, that, like what you said, uh, someone new getting to know them, like trying new things. That's the part that I'm like, no, I want like, I want a bicycle that I've been riding for two years. Like I, I don't want new. I think that's so. one hundred and fifty percent totally fair. Yeah, there are people that are like that. I know yeah. really cool people and, that are and, like that. But, but I do understand that, yeah. that there are people that they get bored and uh -huh. stuff like that. So. Yeah, it just depends. Like I mean, when it comes to video games, there are people that like to play lots of different games. I was a semi-professional StarCraft two player. Like I sat in front of my computer, played the same game for like fourteen hours a day for like three years. Like I, some everybody's a little bit different when it comes to like what they enjoy. Like that's totally fine. All right. Speaking of things that you can get out of a relationship, particularly meeting new people, having one night stands, I wanted to touch on the STD thing with you because we had uh, 
Twitter. We talked about this on Twitter, but we never actually got a chance to get into the meat of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Melina, your fiance tweeted out this tweet. Do people actually think chlamydia is deadly or is this about incels being scared of sex and also jealous of people for having it? Now, I don't know, Melina. I don't know if she's kind of like trollish and baiting people here, but she did get ratioed pretty hard on this tweet if you look at the the retweets to quote tweets there but i mean if we're going by ratio to shows you know somebody's correct you must be like a huge sjw because conservatives get ratioed on twitter all the fucking time so i'm not sure well i just i just saying, keep, I think, no I wait wait real quick real quick I, just, had... I would just like to point out i don't know if your audience cares or not but for mine right every time you do this a lot right it's a very cowardly thing is when you say i'm just saying it's a way to like kind of shirk away from the responsibility of your implication i'm not an idiot right and i think most people know what you're implying um so please stop doing that don't 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 use the phrase i'm just saying in this conversation right because you're too scared to kind of like own what you're saying it's okay to own it i'm not gonna like scream at you but don't don't play that game with me it's, okay, it's okay, insulting to both of us just, okay okay i am yeah, okay. saying thank you okay a lot of people probably disagreed or had opinions about this. And uh -huh. I think you did a stream when this went on where you were basically saying that getting STDs is not a big deal. I mean, like, yeah, it depends on how you phrase it. So like, and it depends on the context of the conversation. So like a lot of things can be a big deal. A lot of things could not be a big deal depending on what we're talking about. So my issue is that when we talk about STDs, the ideas and attitudes that people have around them can be pretty insane sometimes. Like there are a lot of people, especially listening to this show, I guarantee there are a lot of people in this audience that think like gonorrhea or chlamydia, if you get those, that you have them for life. Like there's a lot of really weird shit that goes around about STDs. And then typically, if you bring up the idea behind like open relationships or something, people will oftentimes say like, oh, that's disgusting. You're gonna get STDs everywhere. It's like, you can get STDs from fucking a single person. You're gonna get STDs from never fucking anybody, actually. Well, right? Isn't, isn't chlamydia the one that causes mental Though. You're thinking so. So that's a really good. What you just said, chlamydia does not cause mental illness. That's syphilis. Or one one of them causes syphilis. like brain inflammation. Okay, syphilis. Yeah. Sorry about that. I've, so this is this is what I mean I've, when I say like. Fortunately, like, never had an STD. So sure. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So what well, have you ever? Uh, never mind. Um, yeah. I'm just saying have that. Like, I, ever, I was gonna say, have what? you ever been tested for HSV one or two? Yeah. I, I yes. Um. Yes. There there are times I have I have health issues totally and I've been clean, tested baby. for everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Have you ever had like a cold sore before? Have I had a what? Cold sore before? Uh, yes, but I was born with that. That's actually, that's the herpes simplex, the one that like- Yeah, so that's a, a really person. good example of, of part of the segmentation. So you have herpes, yeah. right? Yes, but it's not sexually transmitted. I've no, it, it, it is. Four this is so this is exactly okay. what I'm talking about. It you, can if you, be, if you, okay. No, no, no. HSV, so you have HSV-1. That can be transmitted just as easily yes. as HSV-2 to yes, the genitals. I understand 100%. that. Yeah. It's also from mother to daughter or mm -hmm. mother to child. It's very, it's so common. It's like saying the flu is an STD. If you're having sex and you catch the flu, is it an STD? I mean, that's well, no, I understand the reason why. So the reason why HSV, why herpes it's simplex easily virus, transmissible and it's in the saliva. I mean, you mm -hmm. can make out with somebody and get enough of the virus in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but like this kind of conversation, and I'm not judging you for that. Or like, that's fine. Um, well, I'm just I was, saying, I've had it since I was, I think I was born with it. I mean, it's not a big deal. I get like, I agree, look, one, you just said it. I agree with you. You just said it. It's okay. not a big deal. That's exactly all I was trying to say. And that's more like, but, you were, trying to say too. but yeah. that's your response to me saying I've never had an STD. Well, because what you're saying is not true. You do have an STD. You have herpes. 
Okay, now you're splitting And I'll say hairs. it is kind of a I mean, big deal. Okay, sorry, I've never right? had a disease I, transmit, deal transmitted <laughs> sexually. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I meant that's, to say. That's the thing is that there are some STDs that can that people call STDs that aren't necessarily transmitted sexually. I think that's why I think removing the stigma on a lot of this stuff is a really good idea. So, for instance, um, part of us dealing with HIV in the United States, it took so long for us to get around to that. It wasn't until a little boy got a blood transfusion and he got an infection of HIV that we finally, as a country, came around to take it seriously. Because until then, people it just actually was the science behind it. One of my investors is the one who made the first treatment. She sold her company for $900 million in the night in the nineties, $900 million in the nineties. And I've talked, she's talked my ear out about HIV. And it's not that we just decided to wait until a little boy got it. There scientists around the world were working on it. No, so it just I, I, think it, I think it literally was that little boy getting infected because it was I Reagan. Agree. I mean, you can say that, but I'm pretty sure literally the name of that executive order that Reagan issued was literally named after that boy that got infected. Like That's I was, fine, but it took a long time. Are you going to say that we didn't get a COVID vaccine until Biden got into power? I've heard people with that little kind of thing, like they just wanted to make Trump look bad. I don't believe no, I'm that. Ju I'm just saying that like, I'm just saying that I agree that there's a lot of scientific research that goes into things, but a lot of that can move back and forth based on the political will that exists. And it's money. It's who can make the most money off of it. Sure, it's very it's hard too. to raise. Yeah, yeah we can say it's I, too, I will agree. Like okay. Mm -hmm. I will concede that the funding was probably much easier once we got an innocent poster yeah, child. The exactly, yes. that's saying, yeah, exactly. But that's, but we didn't wait. We didn't say, oh, who gives a shit about HIV? Sure. I mean, that, well, I think it, it wasn't of, like I think we culturally, it, I think culturally we kind of did you. because we, we kind of, the assumption in that time, okay. in, the United, the, in that time, culturally, in the United States, not scientifically. Yeah, sure. But then the culture can kind of drive the science sometimes depending on what's going science, on. Science, right? Yeah. Maybe more recently scientists are affected by what politics. What is this culture? crazy fucking conversation we're having? AIDS is like the most stigmatized thing. Nobody wanted to get AIDS. Nobody was like casual about AIDS. Like, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> I, I, all I'm saying is that it took like a, a case to like destigmatize it. That it's not just. A, a I don't think that was the case. People. I think I think it was people having friends and AIDS family is and still stigmatized as fuck to this day. I. It wasn't I, just stigmatized. <laughs> a lot of people were affected. Like crazy. a lot of people found out that their brother or their son were gay because they found out he had HIV and he came out of the closet, and it was a horrible way to die. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't one little boy. In fact. I can't even remember the little boy you're referring to because I've heard so many stories. So, uh, I, so the name of the kid is Ryan White. This is what this okay. is what Reagan said about AIDS before Ryan White. He basically said, and I quote, "Don't medicine and morality teach the same lesson?" Um, like this, the way that we viewed HIV was far different once. That's we Reagan. That people, yeah. That's not how scientists. That's not how people around the world that were spending, God knows how much money on. Um, fundraisers to help with research. I mean, there were a lot of people that were freaked out about it. And yeah. I understand they were they were scared of it because we didn't understand that it was transmitted in the beginning. Yeah. But at some point, it, it was almost, it wasn't as widespread as COVID, but it was the same kind of story where everybody knew somebody who knew somebody who had it. Sure. At everybody some point had it, a story about somebody. Yeah. That, and at some point, yeah. I'm just saying that like when the culture is a particular way, it's easier to find the funding and the political will and everything to, like, to move that type of stuff along and to bring it to like the forefront of the like country's consciousness, basically. Like, um, e like even in the scientific community, I'm pretty sure it was called uh, gay related immune deficiency before it was finally. Because they actually thought that that's how we caught it. Just like right. we called it the Wuhan flu. Sure, I, I knew about the Wuhan flu back last December. 
before, like six weeks before I heard anybody else talking about it because I was meeting with the FDA and we were doing animal testing trials. And I work for an investment bank, but all my companies that I work with are biotech. And we were doing our animal testing in Wuhan. And they told us that we were going to have to bring our animal testing back to America so the FDA wouldn't pass us until we brought everything back. And it was weeks before anybody was talking about it. And yeah, we referred to it as the Wuhan flu. We thought it came from bats. We thought it came from a lab. We didn't know where it came from. Sure, we, I understand. We said and did a lot of stupid shit back then because we were ill-formed. Ill-informed. Yeah, I understand. So just in terms of backing up, all I'm saying is that people have really, really, really bad ideas in their head about like what STDs are, how you get treated for them, and more importantly, how to responsibly test for them to ensure that you don't transmit from one person to another. Um, and when people talk about it, the conversations oftentimes become like very toxic very quickly. So I'm saying we need I'm, more I'm stigma. We have what, an epidemic, what do you mean by toxic? We, wait, we wait, have wait, an wait, epidemic wait, wait. of STDs. They're all on the rise. Insane levels of STDs out there. Just STDs everywhere because of hookup culture, because of pornography and casual sex. And porn. I, wait, 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 wait. LB, it's not. You're not an incel if you don't want to catch a fucking disease from some. You know, used up. It's not an incel if you. Okay, hold on, Sean. It's not that you're an incel if you don't want to catch a disease. It's that you're an incel if you don't know how these diseases work, or if you're claiming that other people are like permanently damaged because they've had like a bacterial. Okay, you can call it a non sequitur. Is she using incel as a pejorative? Because incels aren't men who are afraid of sex. Sure. Incels are men who desperately desire to have a relationship, usually relationships. Sure. On, and for online and communities, in sure. In online communities, they can't play StarCraft. They don't get the pussy. In online communities, incel is like a type of community that usually have like certain types of beliefs. So, like for instance, like I hypocrite and a lot of the stuff he's been saying would be pretty incelly. Like people would say, like, "Oh, this guy sounds like an incel." If having sex with a woman that's had multiple partners is having sex with a used-up skank, that sounds like something an incel would say. It's like that. That's what the referring thing was to, not just like attacking people that are in voluntarily celibate um that's just like a, a phrase like incel like implies a lot more and everybody on the internet uses this way um it doesn't just mean like a, a person that's a virgin that hasn't had sex before destiny you're just trying to call me an incel so that you can assert your dominant male sexual prowess over me but i'll have you know i'm married sir so not an incel so he never gets laid is what he's trying to say <laughs> hey uh I, I agree with Destiny that incel is like a phenotype. It's not just the state of being. I've had this argument with Annika a few times in the past, but I don't think that you actually know the phenotype if you're saying that it means you don't want to have sex with like a slut. You know what I mean? Because that's not what it is to be an incel. Incels would definitely fuck sluts if they got the chance. So, so that means like it, it's part of like what that community said. It's not the necessary and sufficient, right? It's not like if you say this one thing, you're automatically incel. It's just it tends to be something that they tend to say. I'm not sure about that. I've, well, I've been I've dragged actually in the had past. Incel. We had an incel on the show here. And yeah. A couple of times. I've probably had more than we know. Okay, well, maybe we have different experiences with incel communities then, I guess. But slut shaming and all I, that I, seems to go pretty part and parcel with being like an incel and in the incel community generally. Well, slut shaming is just based, though. You don't have to be an incel to want to steer society back towards a monogamous culture that values and respects sex and treats it as something, you know, special and sacred and intimate. You don't have to be an incel to believe in that. Okay, it's. I really want to throw a bunch back at you, but now, I, unfortunately, I catch like um, Anika in the crosshairs, so I don't. It's pretty uh, disarming. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. Um, 
listen, some people prefer having sex with people with more experience. Um, I, that's all I'll say. Like, it, like you can responsibly deal with STDs as long as you're aware of them, you know how to treat them, um, and you know what to look for, and you know about them. Um, there's a ton of misconceptions about STDs, so I think it behooves everybody to do a little bit more reading and research on them so we have a better understanding of it. Well, just wear a condom, and then you're very unlikely to get yeah, the serious sure. stuff, right? At least at least the men, I think. So yeah, so like this is- Do you yeah, wear so a again, condom like, when you're fucking on. other women who aren't your fiance? Does Not generally, because I make sure we're all tested first. Oh, dear. Um, but like, so again, like with what you just said, like this is what I'm saying. What if we you could get do, some chick pregnant, so We could do like, we could do, I, a, I, we could do a whole show on this if you want, right? The idea that a condom protects you from the most serious STDs isn't even necessarily true. So HSV can be transmitted even if you wear a condom. So you don't actually know that. This is exactly the type no, of stuff I'm talking be, about when I say- can be, but is way less what if you get her pregnant though you, that's can, get, you can get pregnant wearing yeah. a condom we all know this but wearing a condom is going to like severely reduce your risks are you familiar with the term destiny uh, you know i haven't been sperm jacked yet but you know I, okay but what if I, you you know condoms it's are not like possible for me to be sperm jacked i can't be sperm jacked do you have um, a did you get your snip no what i do is i actually i carry around like a hardcore some trump branded I've disinfectant and anytime i come on somebody i take the disinfectant i just start spraying them down i've actually seen, have you ever seen Boondock Saints? Do you remember when they get shot and they take the disinfectant and they spray the blood so they can't find it? I carry one of those around with me. So I anytime I finish on a girl, a I take the spray out immediately. Uh, <laughs> I, yourself, no, LP, I got that streamer I actually, money. Come on. I saw, I don't remember where, probably on YouTube, some guy was talking about how uh, because he was successful, he would not throw condoms away. He would like put them in a baggie and leave with them. Because there had been a story where a woman had sure, sure. I, sperm I jacked a guy that. with a I mean, with These a are all condom. problems that married monogamous people don't have. <laughs> That's De true. That's Destiny, true. seriously, are hmm. got ninety nine problems. How do you make sure that you don't get one of these other thoughts. Real quick, pregnant. that's not true. The, uh, there are married people that have problems with their spouses tricking them into having more children or where they previously agreed not to have children. And then one person like falls back on that agreement and starts doing tricky stuff. I, suppose, absolutely yeah, I suppose that's true, but you probably don't have to worry about hiding your condoms from your wife in most cases. I, I don't, I don't interact with people that I have to hide condoms from, but I, I mean, I don't but, know. It, but okay. The, so the okay. Having your spouse get pregnant again is, far less of a mess, like a drama, so to speak, like you were saying earlier, than Are having just really a random just using woman. the pull-out method with all these these casual encounters that you're having? Well, it depends. Maybe we don't have uh, penis and vagina. Maybe we don't do PIV if the person isn't on birth control. Like, I, there's a whole bunch of different... If you, if you want birth me to... Birth control can anatomy, fail. So everything can fail. Condoms can fail. I mean... What if a girl fell in love with you and tried to destroy your relationship? I've seen, I lived in California for a decade. I, I saw all kinds of crazy things like that. I mean, what if my fiance went crazy in the night and tried to stab me and kill me? I mean, I, like anything can happen. Like all you can do in life is minimize your risks, decide if you want to accept the risk. But you're or maximizing your risks. You're like, you're like exponentially <laughs> maximizing your risks by bringing in extra partners. That's kind of what we were saying is like the risk versus the reward, but it clearly sure. you like see you're maximizing your risk of death every time you get in an airplane or get in a car. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like I have a level of risk that I'm willing to accept. I think that I'm pretty responsible with the people that I have sex with. I'm not not running around creating millions of kids or anything like this is not like part of what i do in my life i like i think that i'm doing okay so far all right fair enough listen uh i have one last topic on the destiny issue and then i have a couple studies we can look at if you guys want i know we're kind of coming up on an hour so it depends if destiny wants to stay longer or not but uh, i again i don't know if this is true because i just hear shit i heard that you identified as bisexual and then you stop you no longer identify as bisexual is that true 
No, I, so a lot of what I say is like, kind of like can be hyperbolic or jokey. So I, it's hard when you, so when I say something like I'm fucking done with women, right? If you come on and you ask me like, so I heard a statement that you're no longer dating women again. Like I, like, so I've complained in the past that I think that men are like really aggressive and I probably joking. It's like, I'm fucking done with men. I'm not bisexual anymore, blah, 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 blah. But like, I would probably identify as bisexual. I'm sure you, if you have a clip loaded up, you can probably find something me saying like, fuck this. I'm done with men, only women from now on. But I'm sure that if you go back far enough from my stream, you can also probably find me saying a lot of times, uh, like fuck women, it's too much drama. I'm only fucking the homies from now on. So you so actually I mean, fuck dudes is what you're saying. Um, I, I don't like anal sex at all now. All right, that's enough. That's enough info. We can we can read a study now if you want. <laughs> okay, uh, give me a sec to pull this up here. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, well, what's up? Uh, I still think there's so many things involved in a sexual relationship, like the emotional stuff. I I wouldn't even want to, even if I were attracted to the idea of polyamory. I don't think I'd do it just for just to the drama. Um, just, I mean, and maybe I haven't had close friends that were poly, but I've, I've known quite a few colleagues and such, cause I worked in the tech field, um, throughout California. And I know like they, they have just as much drama as, as straight monogamous people do. They just, um, yeah, and, sure. and they have as much cheating. That's the other thing that mm -hmm. shocked the shit out of me is yeah, that yeah, people in open relationships cheating on each other. And I, uh, I had actually ex mentioned once in a YouTube video some years ago is that I, it, what surprised me, I had a guy who was flirting with me and I, I wasn't interested at all. I knew him through a crowd of people. And he told me that I was blacklisted, meaning his partner who is in an open relationship with would not allow him to date me. And I wouldn't have dated him either way or slept with uh -huh. him or anything. But I thought it was weird because he was, hitting on me with the intention of sleeping with me and telling me that she can't know and nothing ever happened. I was disgusted by him. Yeah. People but can like cheat in any type of relationship. It surprised me because now at the time, a lot of the people that I knew that were um, polyamorous or out, out very out about it, like on YouTube and such, they, one of the things they always said is that one of the benefits of polyamory or open relationships is you don't have to worry about cheating. And I've heard so many stories where people still cheated because they stepped outside of the, whatever the commitment, the um, yeah, agreement whoever, is in that yes, relationship. Whoever would say that has got to have like a really immature view of open relationships. You can absolutely cheat in, in any type of open or poly relationship. Of course. Well, I was young and I was ignorant mm -hmm. and I only knew what I was yeah, I just I'm not, not blaming you. I'm not saying saying. You're, you're, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that whoever told you that is yeah. like pretty clearly, yeah. yeah. Or it could have been just like a yeah, new into it or whatever and didn't know as much. Yeah. All right, anyway, so here's the one of the studies I wanted to look at. Uh, this is published on February 1st of this year. It's titled Personality, or sorry, Borderline Personality Traits in Attractive Women and Wealthy Low Attractive Men are Relatively Favored by the Opposite Sex. Now, this was presented on Twitter here as the crazy hot matrix study, uh, which we'll come back to in a sec. But I, reading the, the actual results, I don't think that that's what this study says at all. It just says that men are willing to date bipolar women if those women are attractive and women. And I just real quick before we do this, just so we're clear. So BPD is not bipolar disorder. That's borderline, oh, sorry, borderline, per borderline personality, personality I, yeah, disorder. Yeah, a common mistake. Okay. That's my bad. Borderline no, no, no. personality disorder. 
<clears throat> and uh, women are willing to date unattractive men if they're wealthy. So basically, men want are willing to put up with shit if you're attractive and women are willing to put up with shit if you're wealthy, which is, I guess, not really surprising to anyone. But what I, I really wanted to talk about was the, the idea of the hot, crazy matrix, because apparently this is something that people believe is uh, something that scientifically has basis, empirical basis, that you could survey people on this, find that guys would, would want to have sex with people who, or with women who sort of give off that kind of crazy vibe. What do you think about that, Destiny? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, men tend to value like appearance. Women tend to value security. Like n none of this is very surprising. No, no, no. Sure. That he's talking about the crazy hot. That, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking is, uh, do you think that it's a woman is more desirable if she gives off sexually desirable if she gives off crazy vibes like like the heart? Wait, is that what? You, hold on, wait, real quick, of, wait, real curious. Is that what you think this study is saying that a woman is more desirable? No, I'm saying that's what it, I'm saying. That's how it's presented, but that's not actually what it's saying. But people believe this still to be the case. There, there was a uh, wait, wait. My, my understanding, just so we can be really clear, my understanding is this study study says that a man is willing to get with a woman despite those personality traits as right. long as she's of a certain level of attraction, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I don't think most people are generally attracted to super crazy people. Um, it's probably more just like if you ha if somebody offers a certain amount of value in some area, you're willing to take like a huge loss in another area. Um, so, for instance, if you are like a low level employee at a company and you fuck around, you're going to get fired really easily. If you're a very, very valuable employee and you've shown your value over a long time, you could fuck around in the same way. Maybe not get fired immediately. You'll just get reprimanded first. Um, if, if there is somebody has a trait that you highly value, you're probably willing to let other things slide. So for a woman, if your goal is security or whatever, and you want that type of financial security of your life, then you're probably willing to let the guy be not as attractive as you'd be okay with. And then if you're a guy and you really want a woman that's just fucking smoking hot and she like is, you know, doesn't clean the house well or doesn't have a job or is really crazy, like that's the thing you might be willing to deal with. But yeah, I mean, these types of trade-offs, it's not surprising, I don't think. Yeah, I, well, that's, we all, we all agree with that, but I'm trying to find, uh, this is a, an actual study that was done on the hot crazy matrix I, I also i'll add to this i think it also depends oh, this is on the what same fucking study the, this is just I guess um, it was republished. what kind of relationship the guy's looking for the time i know i've heard of guys that have made That's statements um about like that they'll put up with like a psychotic woman if it's short term like they'll bang her a few times but if they are looking for a wife or a long-term girlfriend then they want then they'll do trade-offs where they'll date a girl who's not quite as hot Maybe not quite as slender, but she's she's like sane. Yeah, um, they have much higher standards in that in that respect. Different standards, yeah. I would say something that um, this is I'm stereotyping a lot, although you two will probably like the stereotype. Well, uh, but I try to avoid it. But like I would say that in general, women seem to have like standards for people that they would sleep and have a relationship with, and those seem to have a lot of crossover between the two. Men seem to have very different standards for sexual partners versus relationship partners. That's like my that's been my general experience. You can that you there can are guys, there are there are yeah, there are guys that would have a lot of sexual partners that they would absolutely never fucking date. They're like, I'd fuck yeah. her, fuck her, fuck her, never date, never date, never date, right? But for women, there are going to be some people where women's like, okay, I'd fuck this, I'd never date. But generally, it feels like there's a lot of crossover between those two groups for most women, generally speaking. Here's my thoughts on this, which is that the idea that men would be more attracted to crazy women is something that you can only have in a porn-sick society 
where guys are taught that these girls who give off these Harley Quinn vibes are it doesn't happen though. Men are men aren't attracted to crazy women. Easily, easier to sleep with. Yeah, but men aren't attracted to more crazy women. That hasn't been like demonstrated. I don't think anybody would say it, that. It hasn't been in the study, but let's work what off is, that hypothesis. What he's getting at? Yeah, repeat what you said, LP, because I, I understood what you were getting at. Let's assume for a second that the hot, crazy matrix has some truth to it in the sense that guys are going to be eager to sleep with women who are giving off. I'm going to keep calling it Harley Quinn vibes because I think that kind of describes the type of girl that I'm talking about. You know, pigtails, skirts, fishnets, that kind of like damaged, easier, you know what I'm saying? Loose women. Uh, you see that and you think this girl will be easy to sleep with. And that's where the attractiveness comes from in a society that values casual sex. That's a great hypothesis. But I mean, like, that's all it is. It's all conjecture. I mean, like, men don't prefer if you give two equally like everything else women, like the guy's going to go with the less crazy one over the more crazy one. Like, what, but I'm talking like, what if we do a study where we have just photos, nice trad girl, and then crazy, you know, left wing slut and say, which one would you rather have casual sex with? Then it's probably going to depend on what the, it's going to be informed a lot by what that person thinks about. It. If they think that somebody that's had like more like if I had to choose between just if I had one casual sex encounter with each of those, I'd probably go with one that looks like they have more casual sex, obviously. Right. Like, see, proving my hypothesis. And that's because we live in a porn sick society where yeah, but you, I don't think that's I think that's a totally reasonable conclusion. What do you mean? Well, it's a trick question because you shouldn't be wanting to have casual sex full stop. Okay, then why not just say that <laughs> instead of like pretending like you're setting up some like crazy trap, right? Like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just I'm just talking here. What, what do you think about porn? Here, here's my God, I'm my, gonna mute my, my main thing, which is that. Uh, porn is too accessible online. And so children are exposed to porn and that's a massive moral failing of our culture and society. Um, I think that pornography can be positive. I think that pornography can be negative. Um, like all forms of entertainment, it's just something that you have to, um, engage with in a responsible manner and not overuse or allow it to dictate or ruin your view of reality too much. Um, I think that it is totally possible. Um, actually I, I would say probably the majority of people engage in with pornography in an unhealthy way, such that it distorts two things. One is their view on like what a average woman either looks like or should be expected to do or should be expected to enjoy. Um, and then two, it distorts your views on sex, on what you think sex should be and, and how that relationship sexually should should act. So, I mean, like, I, in my opinion, I think that if you have a healthy relationship with porn, it's awesome. You can enjoy it. You can learn new things from it. You can see a lot of cool stuff. Um, but if you have an unhealthy engagement with it, then it's probably good to take a step back, analyze how you view it, see if it's impacting your real life too much, and then either reconsider your attachment to it or abandon it altogether. I, I can sort of see the argument for watching some at some point in your life like because like you said you might learn a few things but there's certainly there reaches a certain point where you have to say i'm better off without porn now like it's hard for me to like me as somebody who watched a lot of porn when i was younger and who stopped watching it a couple years ago i can't conceive of how my life would be better watching porn than not watching it there's just 
There's just no way that like the amount of self-respect that I have is not something that I would trade for any kind of momentary pleasure or to learn some fucking radical position that I've never heard of before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. And then I would say it's really sad if your self-respect is derived on whether or not you masturbate. I think there's way okay, better Destiny, things to have self-respect about. You oh, realize you're watching not... porn and masturbating is shameful behavior. I totally disagree. But... It, it, it is. That's why you do you it. I just say it is. You realize it's not an argument, right? You can't say it. I do. I go to the. Okay. Like, there's a lot of things that I do. It's, just, it it's not it an argument. It's self-evident. You can. It's not. You, can so, you can't. You, so, like I know there's a. A big in the in the tradcon tool basket of like it's self-evident it's obvious those aren't real arguments i don't know if you know that or not but that's not like an actual argument i can't argue with you when you be like oh well it's self-evident because i would argue like fucking kids touch themselves and like two months old they start touching their dicks and shit like it's just average like baby behavior like you're gonna say babies that can being... do that to themselves but that doesn't open the door for adults that doesn't make it okay for adults wait wait, wait hold on kind of a weird wait wait wait, wait. Being, oh. wait being really clear <laughs> i'm not saying that adults should be touching children I'm oh saying okay that we are I that's sexual we creatures going. throughout our like entire like the kids yeah. do that type of explanation yeah, but you know, that, like you know, they should be shamed little... for it, and that's like a shameful. No, or, that, like that's like no, really you weird. don't you don't shame a five year old for touching themselves inappropriately or getting naked in front of others, but you tell them not to do it and you explain that it's inappropriate behavior. But you explain mean, you're yeah, not so just, shaming them. Yeah, so to be clear, you behavior. so anything but to explain that it's inappropriate in a public setting is to be abusive. Yes, to yeah, tell, well, to tell um, somebody that it is inappropriate to even do it in private that is abuse. That's child abuse. I'm sorry. Full stop. What then? I don't know to what extent you're talking. Like strumming. If you're, telling, or, if you're like, telling a child that even in a private setting for them to touch themselves sexually, that that's inappropriate. That is child. Little abuse. girls can get urinary tract infections very easily abuse. from playing with themselves down there. I'm I'm being People serious. Can get like, diseases in a million ways, but sexual exploration okay, is but an I absolutely don't, vital part of you, like growing up as a, a functioning adult. Like, I wouldn't want my let child it, letting get kids a, access porn. Is I never said anything about kids accessing porn. Play with themselves all the time. I where mean, where I'm going is it's actually not healthy for little girls to play with themselves down there all the it time. Absolutely it's absolutely is. What do you mean? It, it's part of your it's part of your it's part of your sexual dimorphism. It's part of realizing like your body and I'm talking about enough. young, young children, not pubescent, not 12, 13 year old girls that are sure, I, learning I how to use a like, shower head. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what the level of maturity is here or the I'm talking about of, really young children. No, no, no. I'm I, saying I, the maturity of the okay. two of you. Children will explore sexually at very young ages, like when they're six months old. And to anybody yes. that's had a child, you will see this. Yes. When you take your diaper off your kid, he'll reach down and he'll start grabbing his dick because they do that when they're very But he's very, not very being young. sexual. It's, I, it's a thing. It's where yeah, our it's hands not, are. That's not sexual. It's not you're, sexual. Uh, you're, it's I, I, yeah, you're both just completely dead wrong. I don't know how else to say it. At like, six months old, little boys are touching themselves sexually. It's just, I don't know. it's there. It's like... I, I don't like the problem is that in your mind, sexual is this idea of like you're charged no. and orgasm. And do, no, like the touching yourself, exploring the differences between yourself. That's like that type of exploration. To a six month old, they might as well put their finger in their mouth or their nose or their ear. They're just no, this, it's very, very, very different. Grabbing. You can't be sexual they before put their feet in their mouth. Yeah, that, I mean, it's oh, like man. doesn't mean they have a foot fetish. Uh, I'm just <laughs> saying, I don't attribute, okay, Destiny, to clarify what I'm saying, I don't attribute sexual feelings with a six-month-old touching themselves and their genitals. I don't even attribute that to a four, five-year-old, even if it feels good to them. I don't think that they're making a sexual connection. They just, they touched it and they're like, ooh, I like that. But I, that doesn't mean that they are being sexual. But if I had a daughter, I would tell her not to do it because I don't want her to get a urinary tract I infection. And I'm just, bad. and I'm telling you that that's abusive. And now, whether you agree to with it or don't. Child, not to yes. yes, absolutely. Okay, 
Is not giving them bubble baths every night abusive because it, that's how you No, but making a child off? feel bad for what is no, a universal. Like, no, no. When you tell somebody that it's inappropriate to engage in exploration that every fucking human in the world. I wouldn't tell a two-year-old to, to touch themselves because they won't even comprehend what the fuck you're talking about. They're two months old. You can tell a five-year-old girl to stop playing with herself down there and that's not abusive. The yeah, same way totally. you can tell them not to wipe their shit on the wall. That's not abusive to say, you know what? Don't do that. It's gross. You that, don't have that, to. Well, you, you're, you're like your your example. A little bit weird. Much, like, the idea that you would make a child feel. The idea that you would make. I don't think the maturity level is here for this conversation. So I'm really uncomfortable continuing. Oh, wait, Anika, I think maybe with you I could, but not with I, I, I actually feel really bad for your children because they probably have really really unhealthy oh, views okay. of themselves and their sexuality. Oh, like yeah. I, I would, the idea that you shame a child for like I, just growing up at like what you should be doing. My children aren't going to have kids at school asking about their dad's extra girlfriends. That's that's great for you. I don't know what your kids are going to be talking about at school. Actually, you probably aren't going to hear about most of it because I imagine your kids don't trust you, probably rightfully so, right? If you want to have a healthy, non-abusive relationship with your children, what you should be doing is you should be saying like, hey, if you do these types of explanations, do them in private and make sure that you're safe doing it. And if you have questions, ask me. That's how a real mature parent that's not trying to force some weird fucking um, immature yes. view of sexuality on their child would actually handle it. I'm just, that I'm for a healthy relationship with your child, that's how you do it. Five-year-old though, like I, I'm separating pubescent, like 10, okay. 11, 12 when they're old enough to have those conversations or even older I'm, and i understand to, but I'm again this is just like in terms of familiarity with what, what, the shower i'm saying maybe don't let your oh and I, I was actually being gender specific because little girls are actually way more susceptible to infection down there if they're playing with themselves okay this that, is weird okay so this is like the s here this is a weird red herring okay. the idea that little girls are getting out are urinary tract infections all the fucking time just play with no, First of all, no, UTI no, is not the end of the world the number one destiny Okay. Little girls aren't you? No. Okay. okay. Yes. I'm not saying they never touch themselves down there. What I'm saying is it's not like this is a daily practice for most five-year-olds. That's not a daily practice for most little children. Okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't, I, this is like, I, like as a parent, I've done a lot of reading on this because I'm curious, like what's the normal behavior of my kid or not? And like, that young children touch themselves down there. And I yeah, would not. Yeah. No one's saying your kid is a freak okay. if they're doing that, but it's not child abuse to say, Hey, don't do that. What yeah. you don't want to do is you don't want to lead the child into feeling shamed I for like exploring and understanding who they are. But when you tell them like that thing that you're doing, that you have a huge natural urge to do, that is disgusting and don't do that. It's inappropriate to do that around any oh, like or whatever. Inappropriate ever. I didn't what? use the word. Yeah, who's disgust. saying that? That you're saying that it's inappropriate. Yeah, it is inappropriate. It's an appropriate part of your development, though. It's not appropriate in public. I and I, I agree wouldn't be with you, of course. Wait, I'm not okay. saying five year olds should be masturbating in public. That's fucking insane. Well, not even masturbating. Whether it's masturbating or not, I'm talking about like picking their. It's okay. Similar to how if your kid has their fingers in their nose all the time, you'd say, "Could you stop doing that?" Like that's don't do that. You're not going to shame them and make them feel you know body conscious about the fact that they're eating their boogers in public. But you just you don't do it. Have you bought There's your a son his first Come dildo you yet, Destiny? You're pretty intelligent. Uh, I don't, just, sorry, I don't like to talk about other people's kids. You kind of took it there, though, a little bit. Of yeah, a I was low. Let, let's not let's not keep going down that wait, road. Wait, weren't you I, the first? Wait, hold on. Excuse me, just to be clear on this. Weren't you the first one to say that, like, my kid's not going to be asking the other fellow classmates about their dad's no, girlfriend? No, I said that in response to you talking about my kids, but we don't, you know what? We, oh, why? Because I, like I didn't Oh, I mean, I was thinking of personal. I mean, if you want to think it's personal, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I've you said my piece. If you guys, if you guys want to spend a whole stream, like, doing research on this, I, it would be really funny to watch you guys stumble into article after article after article. The, the idea that kids don't begin sexual exploration until they're in puberty is just absolutely no, no, one is say, no one is saying that. You're, you're really okay. a straw man. 
I was pretty hard here. I don't know if it's because you're so ass mad. (laughs) I agree with you that that happens. I don't think it's child abuse to tell your little girl not to touch herself when she's five or be playing with herself all the time. Destiny, is it child abuse to let children watch pornography? Yeah, I think that's really unhealthy. I don't think that's... So then you agree with me that we live in a sick culture and society that makes it way too easy for children to do that. I wouldn't agree with the sick society and sick culture, but I think there could be more stringent protections on it. But honestly, a lot of this comes down to the parenting. You should probably shouldn't let your kids like unrestricted oh, access on. to that's, a computer. That's like such a apologist porn kumar position for letting kids access this shit. The, the yeah, average a- age that children watch porn in this country is from like eight to 11. That is evil. Like that is insane. And no one's doing anything about it. And, and whenever you bring this up, people say, well, it's the parents' fault. Okay, well, great. So the whole fucking country can't parent their kids properly. Maybe we should do something. Um, if you want to put harder age rates on porn, I don't think I, I would do. necessarily be against. Okay, yeah. Sure. I used to agree very strongly with you that, the, that it's the parents' responsibility, but it's very difficult when you send your kids somewhere else for eight hours a day. And when you they go to play with their friends and you don't, even if you trust the parents and you think they're good parents, that doesn't mean that their children aren't watching porn. I've heard of five and six-year-olds accessing porn on an iPad in church. And that was the one that it just, and the mom was furious because she thought she was a good mom. And we're talking like actual pornography, not you know just a boob or something. Um, I agree with you, yes, that children should not be accessing that stuff, but it feels like we live in a society, I feel as though you're shamed for not wanting your child to do that. I've never but in my life heard somebody shame somebody for not wanting their like 12-year-old child to look at porn, but maybe you guys are in way different societies than me, I'm not sure. There was, there was like some article about how you need to buy your 12-year-old daughter sex toys on Vice. I, I, I know the article that you're talking about, and I can confidently say that you do not have the prerequisite maturity to engage with those ideas. So whatever meme jokes you probably made about it were about as much as you can handle for that conversation. You know, for somebody who was like against bringing up this kind of like male sexual energy argument, you really keep going to this maturity thing, man. You keep saying this over and over and over again. I am very mature. I would argue that I'm actually very, 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 you have an insanely immature ability to understand or talk about you. This whole conversation, I I can't actually tell if I'm being memed or not, or what level meta irony we're on right now. Like your attachment with sex is is hilarious. It's like prepubescent. Like your understanding engagement with these topics is what I would expect out of like somebody in my son's classroom, like another nine-year-old, like unironically, like, so you guys have sex with other people? Like, is that like, like everything that you've said so far is like what I would expect out of like an average, like pre pubescent kid like your engagement with the topic is like incredibly like juvenile but i, I can't i thought uh, well, i don't know I how just much on the basis that we're not fucking anything goes just fuck everyone no, on get, the basis get an that, std if yeah, you so want like the, so yeah so like one of the big like one of the big advances that we've made in education over the past 100 years or 200 years i guess is the idea that to entertain a hypothetical like when you are incapable of even considering something i'm saying without having to retreat back into an area where you feel very safe right where you can like put it in your own house and then demonize it and chastise it because you're incapable of even confronting that idea for a little bit i think it says a lot to your level of comfort with with ideas that are alien to you 
Like you're notice talking, how like, about the kids like, touching themselves. If I'm, if I'm, is that yeah, the so idea? Like, exactly. So like you're, you're doing it again. Right. And the funny thing is like, you can laugh it up, but like, you're just, you're well, just scanning no, the face I'm, of I'm asking for clarification. You're, you're scanning the, the face of like, from this that's not the only example that every, every, every uh, element of this conversation, you tried to ambush me with like some tweet or some video that I said, it's going to make me look. I know we have like strong disagreements and I wanted to talk about whether I like you or not vigorous conversation, but for you to just sit here and call me immature and say, I'm scared in this is it's really weak man that's these are that's, real I'm positions that, that people have you can't just chalk it up to immaturity and, and being scared sure. and being okay like you know what then you know what i could be totally wrong let's see if you can prove me wrong what do you think that article about the dildo for your daughter was about Oh, I didn't actually read it, but it's probably okay. Then, then you're proving my point. Like that's it. Then what's the next thing you want to talk about? Well, no, it's probably if I had to guess some shit that's saying that, like, if your kid comes to you and tells you that they're exploring their bodies, that you need to help them by going out and buying them a sex toy, and it probably says to do this at an, an inappropriate age. What do you consider an inappropriate age to, when a child starts masturbating, or do you think all masturbation is inappropriate and immoral? Mm, well, I do, but not for children because children don't know better. So I wouldn't call a child immoral for masturbating, but I do think adults shouldn't masturbate. Okay, so what age do you own. magically have to stop well, masturbating? I don't, I, I don't think it's like a huge deal if you do. You're not like a terrible person if you masturbate. What, I think everyone is a different age of maturity. And I would, I would be far more concerned with my child putting themselves at risk and being unknowledgeable about what they're doing with their body but I would not promote masturbating. And if my if I realized that my teenager was jerking off all the time or masturbating, whatever, I would kind of ignore it and not I wouldn't bring it up. I wouldn't I would never want to corner them because I've I've heard of parents doing that and trying you to just shame have the kid. like I healthy would, conversations with your kids about I, like their I would do that when I when I get to that point as a parent, that will be something that I, I will have those conversations, but I will want my child to guide that conversation because I know that would be a very scary thing to happen to me when I was a teenager. I wouldn't want someone to be like, I found your sock or whatever, whatever it is they, they say, I wouldn't want there to be a level of embarrassment. Um, but I would want them to be safe. Um, and it, it really just depends. Every kid has a different maturity level. You could have a 14 year old that you feel comfortable having these conversations with, but a 16 year old, you don't feel as mature enough. It just I, like it really depends. No, well, sorry, that, like, that's a wrong age. Maybe sure, yeah, because I'm gonna get yeah, memes out of whatever. Think. Like I had to start talking to my son about this when he was six because like okay. kids start well, touching no, no, themselves no, at no. really I'm early. Not yeah, you. like I, you know, I'm, wait, I'm not speaking to you specifically because I know this conversation, especially because the topic's brought up, especially because of the type of person that I hypocrite is. Um, that these they, there's gonna be a ton of clips that are gonna float around from this. Um, I just think that it is so entirely like sad and 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 pathetic the way that we view how immature we view children and their engagement with themselves and their sexual understanding of themselves. Like the idea, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to tag you any. I'm sorry, holy fuck, because I you I seem like I could have the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you seem like I could have a decent conversation, but I hypocrite. Well, you know, you see, you're totally right misrepresenting. Right? Okay. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that like this idea, but because I've heard you say this a lot, they're like, oh well, once they hit puberty, once they become like right at that prepubescent mm -hmm. level, like kids begin sexual exploration at incredibly early age. I like, know they do. Neither, neither LP or I have. Destiny just, ha just has to have this straw man version of me that he can project, so he can have something to get angry about or something. Destiny. Destiny. Oh, okay. I, made Destiny. A, I made a video called Lena Dunham did nothing wrong where I argued that it was crazy for people to call her a pedophile based off of the, the stuff that she wrote in her memoirs. That's a video I made that's still out there.
I don't know. When, if I, so for the earlier conversation, when do you think is an appropriate age where kids have to stop? Well, I tried to pull up the article when to stop masturbating. Yeah. I, look, like I said, this is not something I have strong feelings on. I just think that for adults, it's you're better off, especially men, especially males. You shouldn't like just be throwing your seed out onto the fucking floor. It's, it's okay. not good for you. I, I guess so like just in terms of like things that I would say, like my issue is that a lot of people grow up to have very unhealthy relationships with sex where they feel ashamed yeah, or disgusted by their own bodies. But no, it's because they have parents that are too embarrassed to talk to them about these things, except for saying, don't do that. That's gross. It's inappropriate. That's nasty. You should be ashamed. You're I would agree infection. that that's All how the, the kids are watching porn ones. these days. So they're not. Yeah. The previous generation, I think that I think parents. it's they're almost watching porn. They don't have to ask any questions. They can go watch a fucking bukkake gangbang. You know I feel like there was a pendulum that swung where there was a generation of parents that when they started to have children, they said, well, my parents never told me about this. I remember my own mother telling me she started her period at 16 doing the splits in gymnastics class, had no idea what the fuck was happening to her body. She thought she mm -hmm. hurt herself. A 16 year old. She was a late bloomer, apparently a 16 year old starting to bleed and had no idea. I knew about my period like I don't even remember how young I was when I learned what a period was, probably six or seven. Yeah, that's a really common experience with girls that they don't but know. But my mother, so someone who was born in like the 60s, mm -hmm. didn't, like in high school, didn't even know what a period was to the point where she went to the nurse's office. Yeah. And so so where I was going with this is that I feel like there was a, there was a, a, a generation of people who they felt so repressed and like they couldn't have an open dialogue with their parents in their school to the point where it swung the opposite, where it's like, well, I'm just gonna buy a dildo for my 12 year old. That's what I'm saying is, I think you are correct, Destiny, that there was a time where children were being repressed sexually and we were shaming them. And now it's like this whole freedom, you know, I just, I feel like there's more, and maybe, maybe that's, I'm not saying statistically parents are more like that, but that's what the mainstream pushes. I never see articles written about how you should teach your children to be less sexual. I see about how you should teach your children how to navigate the legalities of sending a nudie Snapchat to somebody else because now they've just transmitted child porn. Or is that the word transmitted? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there, anyway, is you, there an age where it's inappropriate to buy your kid a sex toy, Destiny? Um, I feel like I'm getting baited in this whole topic. And I feel like this isn't a good room to have this conversation. In. I'm sorry. I, I would like to know. The, I mean, the because... ironic thing is that like earlier, like your complaint over and over again was that like, oh, they'll get UTIs. Oh, they'll get UTIs. Well, like having like a safe space. And then space a five-year-old like, touch. I mean, a five-year-old Sure, I don't think a five-year-old should probably be fucking themselves a deal. That sounds really fucking weird. I, sure. I don't, I never mentioned it. A mm -hmm. sex toy the, at that age the article in question i first of all they took it down i tried to pull it up they took it down but there i found on daily caller they wrote about it and on there they said that uh, according to the article it was whatever age they want they ask for it at so if an eight-year-old girl comes to you and says i want you to buy me a vibrator is that an appropriate thing to give a child like I'm not saying that that would happen, but I'm I, I think it's better I'm to just, just tell them it's inappropriate. Can, I think I think that, that the, there's a cut I think the bet yeah, right? I agree. I think the better thing is just tell them it's inappropriate and then just anytime you hear anything inappropriate come from children's room, just close your ears and ignore it and then let them get educated by their friends at school. Since so it sounds like that's where your kids are gonna get all their sex education from because you're too embarrassed or ashamed to talk to them about it. That's what I would say. And well, then maybe they'll get toys from their friends at school or whatever. It, right? Maybe let them get it, let them get hooked up with the let them get hooked up with the crazy dildos and vibrators from what their friends at school get them, and maybe they'll have a super fun time there. That's what I'll say.
What's the okay? What's the next topic? I don't want to talk about child sex anymore. This is really fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, you brought about, it up. In, in all fairness, <laughs> I brought your guide. At this the literal name of the show is Sex Wars, and we're talking about like. It, think I, hey, it about, hey like, man, it's all good. I'm just. It was I'm a working saying. title. That yeah, we I just asked never about got porn, and you went straight to babies touching themselves. But I mean, that's. that's that, you think I brought that up on? The, you don't think anybody I, else was? Yeah. I may I may have mentioned that it, because sometimes we'll have these conversations with people that are into poly, whatever you want to call it, just different things. And uh, there, at least in my experience, a lot of people that I've gotten into arguments with, if you have the argument long enough, eventually you find out that they are not opposed to things involving children. Not mm -hmm. that they think that you should have sex with them, but they just they don't want to protect children in any way. So I was just curious where you stand on that destiny. Yeah. I mean, there should probably be, I don't know what those barriers look like, but there's probably better age verification for accessing yeah. pornographic content. I don't necessarily disagree with that. All right. Listen, we can wrap things up here. We've gone, uh, we've gone, didn't give it a good 90 minutes. Uh, I, I just wanted to say to the chat, cause I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, this LP guy is so stupid and shit like this. And this goes back to what I was saying about self-respect. It's like, imagine me giving a shit what some fucking coomer who's jerking off to porn has to th has to say about me. I could not possibly, possibly care what you guys say. There it is right there. LP is a moron. These are angry coomers just fucking triggered that anybody could ever dare have the gall, the audacity to say to them, hey, man, you could stop watching porn and jerking off if you wanted to. All right, Destiny, you want to plug something? You got final thoughts? Do you have final there? thoughts? <laughs> um, wow. That's all I got to say. Just, wow. What a... Wow. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm blown away. Yeah. I mean, you agree that... But you know what? I know, I'll just... I'll just uh, you know what? Thanks, everybody, for watching. And thanks, Destiny, for coming and, and giving us your time. We do appreciate it, sir. You'll there's have no, to come back I hope there's time. no hard feelings because <laughs> I do, do kind of like you. I, I, You know, Vosh has moved the Overton window of being a shitty human um, I being got a whole DNA so test far right here, nigga. He's not I think you've become likable at no least probability by, of the nigga like, my the laws of relativity. I got a whole DNA so, test right here, nigga. I, I have no problem with you, man. I just want to talk to you. Ain't no probability of the nigga my kid. I got a whole DNA test right here, nigga. Thanks for everybody for watching. Ain't and we'll no catch y'all on the flip side. I got a whole DNA Peace test up. right here, nigga.